Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Friday, August 18th. It's six minutes after nine, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. He's on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there, too, at Casey Daniels 317. And today, you can both see us rocking different hair. If you look on YouTube, just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Well, you know, Casey, we've said this many times. Uh, a younger version of myself, our slogan was, you out with me, you out till three. Mm-hmm. Now my slogan is, I'm up till three. <laughs> with get, the wild baby. Getting screamed at. Uh-huh. By somebody for, who wants milk. For no apparent reason. <laughs> Casey, yeah. when your daughter yeah. was a baby, mm-hmm. did she do this? This is my the thing that perplexes me more than anything. There are moments where my daughter will be sound asleep. Yeah. Like something out of a, you know... Just a lifetime movie, you know, just picturesque. Peaceful, angelic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it will in one second go from peaceful sleeping baby mm-hmm. to insane screaming maniac. <laughs> like, there's no buffer zone. You Why know, is there not a buffer zone? See, my daughter's face used to kind of crack and you could see it coming. Yeah. You know, the little bottom lip would come out and pout and oh boy, here it comes. And then she would let it rip. You don't get that warning. No, huh? it's just like it's a... Like that? <laughs> like there's no... And isn't it interesting with humans? If you were to say, wow, I'm I'm getting hungry. I think I should find the nearest exit and pull off and find myself the burger or chicken choice of, of, of my choosing, whatever. Like there is a... Humans evolve in the sense of we are able to deal with... Mm-hmm. Our appetite with hunger of some sort. Yeah, babies cannot do that. No, they're or counting I'm, I'm not, on you. Not learn. But shouldn't there again be like I'm getting a little fussy? I'm <laughs> no. a love a buildup. <laughs> ah! This is your comeuppance, Rob Kendall, and I'm loving every minute of it. Your hair, you look like Doc Brown from Back to the Future today. I used to, as a younger person, (laughs) say God would totally give me a girl to get even with me. Mm -hmm. And it happened. Congratulations. (laughs) I'm getting what I deserve. I'm reaping what I sow. Yes, the best part is we all get to witness it. (laughs) So yes, that would explain my very fabulous... uh, hair today. I don't have a newborn to blame it on, so what's my problem? (laughs) It is nine minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about what's going on with Donald Trump. Um, So he reacted for the first time on camera to the Georgia indictment that accuses him of being the head of a criminal enterprise. He said, I have four of them now. If you look, I mean, this is not even possible. Wait, so so I just don't mean to cut you off, but you are being led to believe by Fanny, what you talking about, Willis mm-hmm. and Alvin, old fat Alvin Bragg, and what <laughs> uh, the, the deranged Jack. Mm-hmm. The Donald Trump yeah. is the head of a crime syndicate. <laughs> yes, but Joe Biden is not. Uh, how is about that? Amazing to me how many people are actually heads of crime syndicates and nothing ever happens to them. But you are led to believe 
that Donald Trump is a real-life episode of The Sopranos where Tony's going to screw up eventually and we're going to get him. <laughs> oh, and we think we got him. You know, Newt Gingrich was on last night and he said something really interesting. He didn't cite a source, but he said it was a very reliable person. Well, we, we, we actually have this. Uh, Kev, we're going to go like way out of order here down. I think I've got this in the 930 segment with the Newt, the Newt Gingrich audio. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I actually did uh, because, well, I have a gajillion hours to work on our show now while I'm sitting there. <laughs> but Newt was saying that um, they they called down to Georgia and they were like, no, you got to do the indictment tonight because the Barry Weiss information came out. Yeah, so here is Newt Gingrich. He was on with Charlie Kirk yesterday and this is what he had to say. That I am told, this is hearsay, but I am told by a reliable source that Friday evening somebody from Washington called the district attorney in Atlanta and said, you have to indict on Monday. We have to cover up all of the mistakes we just made with Weiss. And she said, apparently, my jurors aren't coming back till Tuesday. And they said, you didn't hear me. You have to indict on Monday. And she said, well, that's going to get here before noon. They said, it doesn't matter. She said, this, this means it's going to be 8 or 9 or 10 o'clock at night. She said, it doesn't matter. We need the news so media who, shifting who, who off ma- of Who made Weiss. that phone call? We don't know. And I'm, and I'm telling you up front, this is hearsay, but it's from a person who has remarkably good I, I, sources. I totally believe it, though, because that would explain why they leaked and they messed up on the clerk document, why she was exhausted, <laughs> and why they had the 11 p.m. press conference, Mr. Speaker. Yeah, and, and, and Charlie Kirk is absolutely right on this. Everybody saw or can see still to this day, because everything lives forever on the Internet, that those charges were posted mm-hmm. before the grand jury had come back with the recommendation. The it, fait accompli, the fix is in. She already knew what they were going to do. Yeah, and this is all because of the whole Barry Weiss debacle. Uh, they, The Biden administration could not have the Barry Weiss thing be the lead story. They had to make it about Trump. Okay, so uh, Trump... You know, he said he was going to come out on Monday and he was going to release this big report. And now he's not going to. Apparently, his lawyer said, no, 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 don't put anything out there. Instead, use that as evidence in court. Oh, now he's worried about tainting a jury pool or harming himself by running his mouth. Well, even more curious, now he's listening to his lawyers. Right. What? what, what How did that the, happen? What brought this on? Yeah, it's a, it's a change. But uh, he's also calling for other candidates in the race to drop out. He says the party should come together and everybody else should drop out of the race. Of course, he's citing new polls where I'm sure he thinks he's at, got 100% of everybody backing him. But uh, here's here's how he said it. Great polls just out, leading by 40, 50, and even 60 points. Who expected that? I did. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, all very strong, but also leading Biden very big. The sanctimonious is crashing. Perhaps the party should come together. People should drop out of the race. We unify and we beat Biden and the Democrats. They should be easy to beat because our country has never been in worse condition than it is right now. Thank you. So everyone should just drop out and endorse him. Mm-hmm. Now he's calling for party unity. He wants everybody <laughs> behind him. Okay, so Tony was talking about this when I was driving in this morning. And its uh, I don't know if Tony gets the same level of hate that we do because he is asking the same question we're asking. If you are an only Trump person, mm-hmm. what is the path? 
for Donald Trump to win a general election. This primary doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether he gets 50% or 60% or 70%. What is the Donald Trump path? And so what I, like, I, I will chuckle when I'm listening to that going, I wonder if Tony is bombarded with hate the same way we are when we ask a very relevant question, which is, if you are that person who says, I'm only for Trump, how in your world, what is the, and I'm not asking to be facetious, I'm not asking to be flippant, I'm, I'm asking, what is going to change or what is Trump changing or what is going to happen by which you will get a different result this time than you got the last? And I don't think Trump has provided much clarity on that. What are we doing differently campaigning? What are we doing differently in terms of getting out the vote? What is the strategy? And I think it would behoove him to really lay that out to people and say, look, here's what I've learned. Here's what we got to do different. Here's how we're going to come up with those you know, very small percentage-wise number of votes we need in a place like Pennsylvania, despite the mass mail-in unaccountable balloting, or Wisconsin, or whatever. I mean, it just, I don't, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of growth in terms of changing what you're doing in order to ensure you get a different result. Well, according to this new NPR Ameris College survey, 48% of independent voters say that they would pick Donald Trump over Joe Biden. This is, of course, in a hypothetical 24 general election. And the interesting thing is that he is doing very well with Republicans, greater than 60%. It's up to 66% of people say that he is the best person to lead not only the GOP, but the country in 24. Here, So here is the here's the problem with this. And by the way, the poll does show him, this poll at least, does show him very slightly ahead of Biden. It's mm-hmm. within a percentage point. And I think it's people looking at society going, please don't make us make a choice between either of these two guys. But it appears both the Republicans and Democrats are going to make society make the choice between Trump and Biden. Here's what you have to do in a close election in order to win. And this is true whether you're running for a city council. It is true whether you're running for a state house or state senate, a governor's office, a U.S. senator, or even president of the United States. Because while the numbers are bigger, the premise is the same. In contested races, there are always 5 to 10% of the people who are, for no rhyme or reason, going to go as the wind blows. And what you have to do is you have to convince those people that your vision or version of society or public policy or whatever will make their lives better and stay focused on that. That's why Trump won in 2016. We've talked about this before. That first debate where everybody's like, oh my gosh, Hillary just beat him up one side of the stage and back down the other. And I was like, nah. I mean, I was doing an event with Indy Star at the time. And uh, boy, my how the times have changed, right, Casey? <laughs> and uh, everybody in that room, it was a bunch of establishment Republicans and Democrats and me, and it was, you know, live tweeting or videoing or whatever it was. And everybody's, oh, this is so terrible for Trump. He's losing so badly. Yuck, 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 yuck. And I said, you people are dumb. Because I said, she is talking to the nation and he's talking to about 50,000 voters in four or five states. And boy, what happened during the Mm -hmm. election, Casey? How did Trump win? About 50,000 voters. He had a strategy that really worked. And I I don't know what the strategy is this time. It would really help if he would tell us. Well, last time I think he tapped into an emotion that had not been reached yet. 
And is he going to be able to do that again this time? Yeah. It's right. the same emotion. Okay, uh, we do have more Trump audio. Mm-hmm. He was on Larry Kudlow's show, and I thought he said some really interesting things about Biden, about the country. We've got mortgage rates on the rise. Mm-hmm. We've and got the gas, gas tax up. on the rise. We're still feuding with the on-demand abortion advocate. Uh, <laughs> she's not letting it go, so neither are we. <laughs> Lots coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs> 22 minutes after 9, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So we opened the show talking about Rob's hair and then started talking about Donald Trump. Uh, let's keep going with Donald Trump. The current thinking is that he won't go to the Republican presidential primary debate next week. And um, Tony Katz mentioned something, and I thought it was a really good point. What he says during debate, can that be used against him in a court of law? Well, okay, Casey, let's play this out, shall we? Yeah. Look at all the crap he's already said. That's not a viable excuse. Look, Trump clearly doesn't want to do this debate, and he doesn't want to do the debate because he doesn't, there's no upside politically for him. Now, as a person, if he cared about transparency and laying out a vision, I mean, it'd be a phenomenal if he had a vision. See, this is what I don't think Trump actually has a vision for the country. And I know there people are going to have aneurysm in the YouTube chat because I'm saying something critical of Trump. In 2016, Trump had a vision for the country. And it was a vision whether it was plausible or not. You could see it. You could believe. You could feel it. You could understand it. You could picture a world where these things are actually going to happen and your life will be better because of. I think one of the major issues with Trump in 2020 was There was no vision. It was totally responsive to COVID, and his response was crap. And so now you're playing defense on a crappy policy that you've enacted versus a vision you're selling for the country. And that's what he is. He's a salesman. He's a business person. Mm -hmm. He's a person who sells. That's why he made a gajillion dollars is because he was great at letting people envision that which could not previously be seen. And you would believe it. I'm telling you as a guy who spent a lot of time in a room with him once— it doesn't matter what he's saying. You're like, yeah. You believe it. Oh, yeah. And you know you know the guy is bullcrapping you. You know as the guy is sitting there answering a question, you know you're being sold a bill of goods. And you just go, man, he's really good. I really actually believe this. Yay. That's because he practices ABC. Always be closing. But I have yet to hear in this campaign a vision for what the country looks like under Trump that people can wrap their heads around and simply saying, well, I would have Ukraine, Russia solved in 24 hours. Yeah, that, that, that's not really, a, that's not like a vision. That's not, you know, he was very specific on things in 2016, whether he could actually do them or not. Most of them he did not, was not able to accomplish, but at least he laid out that vision. And uh, it, you can't, th- this debate would be an awesome opportunity for him to be able to do that. But politically, there's no upside for him because he's at 60%. Yeah. It would be entertaining to watch. But as you mentioned, is he really going to get down into the weeds and be able to tell you what his policies would be? And I don't think he knows, Casey. Yeah. You got to go deeper than drill, baby, drill. Um, But I think right now he's pitching vote for me because I'm not Joe Biden. 
Yeah, and th- and that's people want to feel positive about their vote. People do not like to vote out of negativity. So he was on with Larry Kudlow uh, yesterday, and he was doing one of the things he does very well, which is blasting Joe Biden. Larry, you watch him. He can't put two sentences together. He doesn't know where he is. He can't walk up a flight of stairs, let alone down a flight of stairs. And you look at this guy. We have the most corrupt president in the history of our country, and we have the most incompetent, simultaneously the most incompetent president. And what he's doing to this country, millions and millions of people are pouring into our country. Look at New York City. Look at Chicago. Look at these cities. What's happening to them with hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens coming into and sleeping on Madison Avenue and sleeping in Central Park. And nobody's ever seen anything like this. And by the way, they're coming out of prisons. They're coming out of mental institutions and they're terrorists, a lot of them. And this is going to be a problem for this country for a long time. Stating the obvious. I mean, these are things that we all see. But again, what is the plan? And in 2016, it was attacking Crooked Hillary. And now it's attacking Crooked Joe. Uh, one more clip I wanted to get to because Kev went to all the effort to pull it. And uh, look, we never want Kev's effort to be in vain or go to waste. Uh, Trump says the country's going to hell. Our country's going to hell. And we're not going to be the big bar. We have power, but it's waning. In fact, it's waning in terms of our currency. And I'm not just talking about the value of our currency. I'm talking about our currency being used throughout the world. You want it to remain. You want the dollar to remain the world's reserve currency. Well, I think it's bigger than losing any war. Mm-hmm. I think if it doesn't, uh, look, we are already reverting to third world status in many ways. You look at our airports. You look at our terminals. You look at our filthy roads and broken roads and everything else. We're like a third world country. We have something that's very powerful, and that's our dollar all mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. but you take a look at what's happening to it now with other countries not using it and you know china wants to replace it with mm-hmm. the yuan mm-hmm. and it was unthinkable with us unthinkable would never have happened now people are thinking about it that could happen uh all right let's take a break when we come back this will come as a shock to you casey gas is really expensive Mm -hmm. and it's about to get more expensive in indiana thanks to the indiana republican party uh we've got all sorts of drama this time i'm getting blamed for something that you instigated Mm. the on-demand abortion advocate is very upset with us she is just still rage tweeting uh well it's she's upset with me yeah and i don't know why because you did this one (laughs) i tried to i tried to take the high road you said no we must discuss this yeah we had to and we did and we'll discuss it again it's kendall and casey (laughs) on 93 wibc Okay, so Indiana's tax on gasoline sales about to jump again. It's 9.32. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Going to go up to its highest point this year, coming up in September. So the Indiana Department of Revenue says that the gasoline use tax will be 21.1 cents per gallon beginning on September 1st. And this is a great opportunity for us because we have new listeners coming into this very fabulous show all the time to remind people how much you're getting screwed when you fill up your gas tank in the state of Indiana. Because, well, we have a government run by the Republicans that are addicted to big money and big taxes. And they lie to you and they manipulate you and they con you and they swindle you into believing platitudes and party platforms that they don't even begin to follow. And in Indiana, one of the things that we, we they have figured out is they're, they're really, think about this, Casey. 
they're really good. And this is really maniacal, evil behavior from your elected officials. The Republicans in Indiana are very good at figuring out what taxes you can't avoid in order to live your life, and they stick it to you as much as possible. If you think about in this state, Casey, what are the two most crippling taxes to people right now? It is the gas tax and the property Property. tax, and that is deliberate and it is by design because the Republicans in Indiana are wholly invested in big government at big cost. And to have big government at big cost, you get a big revenue. But you got to lie to people, right? So they'll tinker with the tax over here, over there, especially if it helps a donor or a lobbyist that they're buddies with. But the taxes that count that are on the regular folk, the two most crippling taxes in the state, and they go up all the time, are the gas tax and the property taxes, because the Republicans here hate you. So in this state, we have not one but two taxes on gas. We have an actual very special gas tax just for gas, which you may remember phony, fake, lying conservative Mike Braun voted for in 2017, in addition to 40-plus other tax increases. Now, uh, you're probably not going to conveniently hear much about that on the campaign trail from Right, as he's running for governor. It was the largest tax increase in state history. It goes up uh, every single year without discussion. In fact, the Republicans just renewed it again for another three years. That's $90 million in in new taxes. And... Mm -hmm. We also have the sales tax on gas. So just like you have a sales tax on every other thing that you buy, you have the sales tax on gas. Well, here's the scam. The more gas costs... The greater the taxes. The greater the taxes because it's based on it, whatever it is, 7%. So that is 7%. If the gas is $3 a gallon, well, 7% of $3 is not as much as if it's three eighty-five. So you're actually getting double screwed by the Republicans because they're invested in higher gas prices. Okay, so we're getting an increase of 1.7 cents per gallon uh, from August going up in September. And check this out. So the total combined state and federal tax on a gallon of gasoline in the great state of Indiana in September will be 73 and a half cents. And the overwhelming majority of that is the uh, state tax. Look, you can blame Biden for gas prices, and that's fine. He certainly has a role in it. But one of the reasons that I tweeted this out last night, one of the reasons our show is popular is we are not beholden to anyone. We dislike almost all of you people in politics equally. Parties mean nothing to us. We don't want to go to dinners. We don't want to hang out with you people. We don't. uh, We we want basically nothing to do with most of you people in public office. And as such, it gives us the freedom to give you, the listener, an honest assessment of what's going on. And on the honest assessment of what's going on is the Indiana Republican Party is deliberately screwing you because they know you have to drive a car Mm -hmm. to get to work. You have to drive a car to get to the grocery store. You have to drive a car to take your kids to daycare to go to work so they can take money from you via income tax. They know just like you have to live in a home or you have to live in an apartment, which you get taxed on that too, You have to live somewhere. So you look at the most restrictive, crippling taxes in this state done deliberately and by very maniacal, evil people. It is the Republicans who have directly and deliberately targeted the gas and property taxes. And it does not discriminate on anybody. It's everybody's got to pay. And you know what? It was interesting. Yesterday, uh, Emily, my daughter, was here at work with us. Yes. And she had to stop and get gas on the way in. And I, you know, hey, how'd it go? Did you get gas? And she said, it was $50. Yeah. So... 
I it, like I said, it's it's for everybody. We're we're all paying this. Yeah. Large amount of money. And, and so think. Of, let's say I, I don't know what the average price of gas is right now. Three. Let's just say it's three eighty five. It may be slightly more, slightly mm-hmm. less. I know it's gone up some places. Yeah. Maybe down a little bit. Others. So you would be paying without the Republican gas tax three twelve instead of 385. Mm-hmm. This is I mean, it's not that you can you can't blame that on Biden. You can't blame that on the Democrats. That is the fault of Holcomb and the Indiana Republican Party because they directly control that tax. And this is why like come I'm coming back to Braun today because people need to know who's running and we are over the next year not going to let any of these people whether it's Chambers, Silent Suzanne, uh, Braun, Curtis, uh, Doden, is he still even running anymore? <laughs> uh, we are not letting any of these people get away with crap because the problem is when Holcomb was running in 2016 when the cabal rigged the system that somehow a guy went from dead last in a U.S. Senate primary to governor in the same year he was able to get away without having any definitive positions on anything. It was this mealy mouth Republican bullcrap and we are not allowing that to happen again because we have seen what a colossal disaster it is when the cabal mm-hmm. gets their chosen person without any definitive statement on their policies. So Mike Braun, you're in the crosshairs today, buddy. Get ready, Bal. Yeah. And Mike Braun has repeatedly said, one, he voted for the gas tax. So he's got no, I mean, there's no out on that whatsoever. The, the largest tax increase in state history goes up every year. He has also, and we've heard this, detailed accounts about Mike Braun has been totally flippant with people on property taxes. People have come up to these county fairs, etc., and have asked him and his, uh, because Mike Braun's a millionaire. It doesn't matter to Mike Braun. Oh, your property taxes went up $500 this year? What are you complaining about, peasant? He told those people, no, I'm not doing anything. It'll it'll work itself out. It'll be fine. So if you vote for Mike Braun, you better plan on your taxes going up over the next four years. He is not a conservative. His record in the state house, which is what you need to look at, was egregious. And he's straight up telling you, based on his voting record on the gas tax and what he's telling people directly at these county fairs on property taxes, he doesn't care. Shut up and pay. That's what happens when you've got one party that has a stranglehold on the state. It is 940 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Another thing that is going up is mortgage rates. Homebuyers facing the highest mortgage rates since 2002. Experts warning that higher loans could pour cold water all over the property market. Now, if you're one of these people that wants to buy a house, guess what? It's getting harder and harder because a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is now hovering at 7.09%. And that means a lot of people who maybe were considering moving, thinking about moving, want a bigger place, a different location. Why would they sell their house now if they're at a uh, two or three percent mortgage rate when it's uh, when it's headed towards eight percent? They're not going to do that. This is the great trap. And, you know, Casey, what is my least favorite thing to do on this show? Oh, be right. Above all else, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate to have to come on these very valuable airwaves from Ohio to Illinois, where you can be heard in all points in between and tell you how right I was. And in 2020 and 2021, when people were just rockets, red glare, lots of bombs in the air over these mortgage rates, I said, this is going to be a disaster because what you have because of interest rates being so low is unsustainable prices on housing, which means people are paying far more than the house is actually worth. Mm -hmm. And when you pay more than a house is worth, look, if you intend to stay in that house forever and always, maybe you can get away with that because with the mortgage rate being super cheap, you may have been able to say, look, long term, this ended up being a good deal, even though I overpaid for the house. 
the problem becomes whether it is through, you know, you need to upsize, you need to downsize, you're unhappy with the infrastructure, the school system, whatever, where you live and you want to move, you're not going to be able to sell that house for what you bought it for with a 2% interest rate because the person now buying the house is paying a 7% interest rate. Mm -hmm. And so what you are going to see is an entire generation of people who are now landlocked, for lack of a better term, because of the overprice that they paid for their home based on the low interest rate. And financially, they cannot afford to make the move. Yeah. So today, a family with a $400,000 home could face paying about $2,500 a month, assuming that they put down a 5% payment, right? Over the course of a 30-year loan, they would pay almost $918,000 for that house and about $500,000 of it. It's just interest. Just interest Alone, you know, Ron Paul said this years ago, and we, you know, we—he is uh, one of my heroes and the people who really got me involved in politics or paying attention to politics. And he said this at a presidential debate years ago when they were talking about border security. And at the time, I was, uh, you know, a wee lad and thought, "What is this crazy guy talking about?" But as with most things, he's been proven correct. He said the bigger concern for this country should not be who is getting in, but rather stopping your ability to get out. And what he meant by that is the greatest weapon you have against an out-of-control government is the freedom of movement Mm -hmm. and your ability, whether it is to move cities or move counties or move states, you have the ability, if you don't like what's happening, to leave. If you can't beat it, you don't have to join it, you can leave it. And when you see people being locked into... 30-year mortgage. Right. Mm-hmm. It is it is diluting their ability to leave areas where out-of-control governments are behaving irresponsibly. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people right now who financially are going to be locked into, into that. So you better get really involved in your local governments because many of you are... <laughs> can't, can't go. Yeah, out in a big world to hurt when it comes to that. Okay, so uh, the heir to Anheuser-Busch has an answer to the Bud Light debacle, and that is on the way from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. he can make it better. 948, good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the heir to Anheuser-Busch wants to buy back the company from InBev. He wants to restore the brand's reputation. We're talking about Bud Light. He's saying that he can do better from the disastrous marketing campaign that featured Dylan Mulvaney. He wants to make the brand great again. Oh, well, uh, we, we talked about from the beginning, Casey, that the number one thing Bud Light should have done if it actually cared about its product and, and being a profitable you know, entity is they should have come out and said, we made a very big mistake. We clearly misread uh, our customer base. There's nothing more important to us than our customer base. And we have got the message loud and clear. It's, you know, it's been received, right? And Mm -hmm. this guy's out of here and we will never make that mistake again. Obviously, there would be some highly paid attorney who would write a much 
much more expensively worded statement than the one I just gave. But you get the premise on this, that it was an easy fix. Now, it still may have taken a little while for people to come back to the product, or there would have been weeks that have gone by where I'm not doing that, and then memories are short. But they not only doubled down, they tripled down, they quadrupled down. Well, I don't know what's above quadrupled quintupled mm-hmm. sure i mean they're still doing it, it. today they're, well they're still doing it they're still they're still acting as though we did nothing wrong and they're basically trying to make it sound like well you people are just being ridiculous that are have very strongly held beliefs about not wanting to support a product who has a grown-ass man who pretends to be a little girl as their spokesperson so billy bush is his name and he said he, he would be first in line to buy back the company from InBev, InBev uh, based in brazil he said that these out-of-touch foreigners they don't understand who their core drinker is and that he could take it back and turn it around under his family's leadership because they form these vital ties with their customers. They truly understand their core base and he's the one that can salvage. Now, there's a couple questions here. First of all, uh, it, it does InBev want to sell it? Yeah. Second of all, um, yeah, okay, I want to buy InBev too, but it's a matter of getting the money together, the billions of dollars that it would cost to buy this brand and then make it happen. So can this guy do all of that? Casey, ever bought something based on emotion or sentiment rather than what it actually was? Oh, sure. Like anything come to mind, like something that you said, I know I overpaid for this or I have absolutely no reason to be buying this other than mm-hmm. some something pulling on my heartstrings. heartstrings. Sure, I just bought a, a little uh, planter container for a succulent uh-huh. that's that's a cow yeah any particular reason <laughs> uh because rather than eating very large meals we're gonna graze throughout the day ah, very good but the point is there don't was, need it but it was just there's something, no there's yeah. no rhyme or reason for buying it it's just it meant something to you and you wanted it and in this case of this guy obviously the bush name mm-hmm. is synonymous with that product and probably if you are in that family to see what it's become it probably really does hurt you Mm -hmm. to see you know what it is it's like people do this all the time where you'll hear about somebody buying a piece of property that meant something to them as a kid or a house that meant something to them uh, you know as a kid and they pay you know a ridiculous price but i want to have the same place that i grew up in or this has this meaning to me or whatever and so i think this is kind of what it is where it's almost from an emotional standpoint, it's Elon Musk buying Twitter, where there's no except his was just I want to show you how rich and powerful I actually am. I can do this. This is a this it's is an a, ego thing. right. He, Elon Musk clearly yeah. way overpaid for Twitter, and he didn't mm-hmm. care, and he he knew it when he was doing it. Uh, but in this case, there's clearly some emotional attachment to this to this guy, and he probably would be willing and probably has access to capital that would allow him to overpay for for a product like this. Yeah. He went on to say that uh, they shouldn't have hired these woke students that come out of woke colleges to do their advertising for them, that they're making a big mistake. And these foreigners that are out of the country, they don't understand how hard his family worked to build that brand and to build build Bud Light. And then when it was sold, they just don't understand the American people, and they turned the entire company over to woke marketing students. This is an interesting point, because he's talking about beer here, right, in a company. Yeah. But I think you're seeing this 
all across this country, and you're really seeing it right here in central Indiana, in which when new people move in in mass to somewhere, the history of what the thing was, and look, this is true in communities, it's true in business, when you have people who have no historical connection to something, then preserving the history and the work that went into it and what it meant to the people who did the thing that made it the thing you wanted to come to mm-hmm. doesn't you, there's no onus on you to do that and what i mean by this is i went to a friend's house yesterday we're house sitting for a, for a friend and this person lives in a very rural part of hendricks county and it is nothing but corn all around them now they're not farmers but they live essentially on a farm for lack of a better term and my wife and I just sat there and stared off into the corn abyss. <laughs> and we It was were, probably peaceful. It was wonderful. Yeah. Because when I moved to the little town that I live in now, Brownsburg, yeah. that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I lived next to a field where you would stare into the abyss. And so for a person like me and in many other central Indiana communities where you see irresponsible growth, where whatever high density housing development comes along and and there's these new people running these boards who have no semblance or connection to the town or reverence for it or your city or the, you know, what it meant to be this person or how the town grew or how it became. Sure. Yeah. Put it in there. The more the merrier. It is. It changes the culture. It is. It is. And that and that's the goal, right? Bud Light, and this happens all the time when uh, mega corporations get bought. I mean, like AOL Time Warner is a great example of that, of how Turner Broadcasting was stolen away from Ted Turner and it just went in the complete crapper and uh, how that thing got devalued and everything else. Turner Broadcasting was great because Ted Turner lived it every single day. You could not extract. They thought they could put Ted Turner in a corner when that merger took place in the late 90s. And we're going to put Grandpa in the corner. And now us young buckaroos are going to come in and run the show. It didn't work because Ted Turner knew what his audience wanted, which was professional wrestling, Atlanta Braves baseball, and Andy Griffith reruns. That's what (laughs) what people wanted with TBS and TNT. Mm -hmm. And he knew that. He knew the audience the same way as the Bush family knew the audience, the consumer base. The same way as people who have lived in communities their entire lives know the community. They have reverence for the community. They love the place. And you are seeing that just stripped away, whether it is communities or mega businesses or whatever, by people who don't give a damn because they aren't taught to respect that which came before them. They weren't there building it. Yeah, you're right. They weren't there making it what it is. So they don't. They're not as sold bald into it. And this and this is why, to come back to communities, this is why you see people like Eric Holcomb and his administration taking money from poor and middle class people, tax money, and then taking hundreds of millions of dollars and using it to strong-arm farmers out of their farmland so that he can let his mega corporation buddies have sweetheart real estate deals. He doesn't give a damn about those people. He doesn't give a damn about the history of the land. Oh, a cornfield went away. Oh, big whoop. But to those people, it is their lives Casey, and it is being taken away from us. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning.